With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Financial Exchange is produced by Money Matters Radio and is hosted by employees of the Armstrong Advisory Group, a registered investment advisor that provides investment advisory services. All opinions expressed are solely those of the hosts, do not reflect the opinions of Armstrong Advisory or anyone else, and do not guarantee profit. Investments can lose money. This program does not offer any specific financial or investment advice. Please consult your own financial, tax, and estate planning advisors before making any investment decisions. Armstrong and Money Matters Radio do not compensate each other for referrals and are not affiliated. This is the Financial Exchange with Chuck Zada and Paul Lane. Your exclusive look at business and financial news affecting your day, your city, your world. Stay informed and up to date about economic and market trends. Plus, breaking business news every day. The Financial Exchange is a proud partner of the Disabled American Veterans Department of Massachusetts. Help us support our great American heroes by taking part in this year's DAV 5K. For more information, visit DAV5K.Boston. The DAV 5K Boston is proudly presented by Veterans Development Corporation. This is the Financial Exchange with Chuck Zada and Paul Lane. Chuck Paul Tucker with you today. And the Dow is currently up 65 points. The S&P is down three and the NASDAQ down 55. So remind me again, if you've heard this before this year, it's a mixed market. Again, different way, but hey, just you know, struggling to find consistent traction, even though we've had you know, this nice upward drift in the aggregate that's, that's happened this year. 10-year U.S. Treasury is up six basis points to 3.77%. We got oil, West Texas Intermediate, up a dollar and one cent to seventy-two seventy-five, and then we got gold down seven forty an ounce to nineteen seventy-four, and that's the uh, the big stuff that is moving financial markets today. Yesterday, though, yesterday, 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 it's it's one of those days where, and again, maybe it's just because I'm a bit of a sports nut, but. You kind of sit back and say, man, I'll kind of remember where I was when I when I saw this because it was just a, a huge piece of news. It's during our intro yesterday. Yeah, I mean, mm. I, I, I was not lucky enough to actually be, be doing the show yesterday, but I'm, I'm sitting there and I see it come across my screen and I just... Did a triple take. Maybe even a quadruple. I, I go... I was staring at it. I'm I, like, what? I go, come that, again? I go, that can't be right because the news is that the PGA Tour and Live Golf, they're merging. Coming together. And as Ice Cube once said, I got something to say, okay? Because th there's a lot to unpack here. This is... I'm all over the place on this. Right. I'm, I'm very messy and very human on this because I love golf. I don't live golf, but I love golf. And I love the way that the PGA Tour is set up. And it's very disturbing to me that the Saudi private investment fund now owns a chunk of that. Mm -hmm. And so there's, there's a lot that I'm trying to sort through. But first, here's what's actually happening. Because it, and not all the details are final yet. Because right. it sounds like this was going to get leaked. And so they basically had to speed up the, the declaration of it. But 
the PGA Tour and Live Golf are going to basically be under this new corporate LLC, it sounds like, that's going to be the parent company of what is currently the PGA Tour. As part of that, the Saudi Private Investment Fund gets a stake in that new LLC. Mm -hmm. They also are going to have the chairman of the board for that LLC. While, uh, was it Jay, Jay Monahan? is it? John Monahan? I can't remember. Jay Moynihan. Jay Moynihan. Jay Moynihan uh, is going to be the CEO of the new venture. The PGA Tour is going to retain a voting majority of board seats. Three of four, I believe. Okay. And so they're going to have a majority of, of voting power. But the, the long and short of it is what it looks like is happening is that the Saudis are throwing a whole bunch of money at this thing in exchange for some say on what goes on, but not any kind of controlling interest. And Jay Moynihan, in a single day, <laughs> killed Live Golf and named himself the king of world golf, basically. that's uh, And also became one of the more, hated might be strong, but certainly uh, dis disgusting figures out there. 100%. Yep. 100%. And... and he acknowledged you, it. Hypocritical. You don't make this move unless you know you're going to get a bunch of crap. Big you know, time. You know, and apparently the idea was just, hey, I'm getting enough money or we're getting enough money or this thing's getting enough money let that the crap the will heat. be worth it. Yeah. Okay. So let me, let me we, try to – go ahead. I think we need to set the stage as to how we got to this point, right? Two rival golf leagues, the For PGA Tour – two years were – Battling. Bashing each other yeah. were, you know, adversarial. Three different lawsuits going on. Relation, uh, lawsuits left and right. And antitrust concerns were another piece of this as well, where the DOJ was coming after the PGA Tour. To overly simplify, both golf organizations were in difficult positions for different reasons. The Live Tour had plenty of money, but didn't know how to run a tour properly. The PGA Tour knew how to run a tour very well but clearly didn't have enough money. We don't have full transparency into what their financial stake was or where they stood, but certainly the legal costs were depleting them. And also because Live Golf had poached a lot of the top players from PGA Tour, it forced the PGA Tour to up their purses to pay out more prize money, also hitting them in the pockets at the same time that they're running all these losses. I, I guess there was the off chance that the PGA Tour actually lost that antitrust litigation, which would have resulted in billions of dollars in losses. And to be clear, they could still face an antitrust regulation or a lawsuit here because now there's no other golf tour that you can go to if you want to be a professional golfer, assuming this merger were to go through. Yeah, so when you look at this, there's, there are two clear incentives for the, for the PGA Tour on this. The first is, hey, there's a bunch of money coming our way. Mm -hmm. But a bunch of money coming your way isn't enough to do this, because ultimately, if the PGA Tour wanted a, a bunch of money... There, there's some guy right now, whatever the guy's name is, who owns uh, the Sixers and whoever it is, who's buying the, the Commanders, Josh Harris, I think it is. He, he's going to spend $6.1 billion buying an NFL franchise. Harris Blitzer? No, Josh no, Harris. No, Josh Harris. Oh, Josh Wasn't Harris. there questions oh, yeah, on his financial... Fair. No, that was Blitting. Brian Davis. Okay. Josh Harris. Brian yep. Davis is the guy who made up a <laughs> fraudulent... Who it appears had a fraudulent Bank of America transfer that he said cost him like $5 billion and was suing Bank of America. And Bank of America came back and said, yeah, we have ample reason to believe that you doctored this and this isn't real. 
Anyway, a story Which, for another day. I don't know how you could claim to a bank that they didn't send... They have the records. Like, they, they know what's in their system. Anyways, you got freaking LeBron James investing in pickleball leagues. You got Tom Brady trying to get into whatever sports ownership he can get into. You can't tell me that if the PGA needed a billion dollars or 10 billion or however many it is, that you couldn't figure out how to get LeBron and Brady and, and all these other guys in a room together and say, hey, let's make this work. Because the PGA Tour is a little bit more glamorous than a pickleball league. Of course it is. I don't know. No one really knows the numbers of what they needed. No one has a bigger Brinks truck to provide than the Saudi fund, uh, uh, regardless of all the you know negativity that comes with it. I, I don't know how much it was needed, but there's no bigger amount of money that could be dumped into something than the Saudi fund. But, but if you just needed money, you could go other places is my point. Unless they're literally giving you a trillion dollars and then you can't. Even if you needed a hundred billion dollars, you could figure it out because the marketplace for pro sports franchises is so small that all the billionaires who want them can't buy them. I agree with all that, but ultimately you'd still have to continue under that premise to compete with Live Golf, and you're going up against an entity that was willing to pile billions and billions into this, and that would assume that these lawsuits would continue, right? Well, there's where the real meat is, in my opinion. Mm-hmm is there are two lawsuits. The first is the antitrust one, but the bigger one, in my opinion, is, and this was mentioned by uh, Moynihan in the letter that he wrote yesterday, that says, quote, the PGA Tour Incorporated will remain a 501c6 tax-exempt organization. Right. My guess is that when you look at the PGA Tour, it probably doesn't fit the normal definition of nonprofit <laughs> no. the way it was intended to. And when you start digging under the, fo- under the hood, maybe there's some things in discovery that you don't want to see. Likewise, Live Golf, there's probably a whole lot in discovery that Live Golf didn't want coming out either. So there was a pretty strong incentive for both sides to be like, hey, let's not let this actually come out into the sunlight. So what you end up with is this merger here and i want to take a quick break and then after it i want to dig into a a few more things here because this is just it's It's a a very very big deal and there are further implications uh for the business of every sport as we go forward rory spoke this morning i did see that he had some great quotes yeah you should probably bring that up too he had some great quotes let's take a quick break when we come back we've got trivia and more on the pga and live Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So we're talking about this PGA Tour and, and Live Golf merger. And one other thing that I've seen talked about is I've seen an awful lot of people saying that hey, this has been a successful sports washing. And and sports washing is just the idea that uh, oppressive regimes or whoever use sports to distract people from the fact that they're oppressive or bad or whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. I would argue that this has been probably one of the least successful sports washing situations that I've encountered. And, And the reason why is no one points at Saudi Arabia now and says, 
Wow, look at these guys. What, what a great, you know, paragon of virtue. Every question is about how, how can you get in bed with these guys after, you know, the, the stuff about 9-11 and Jamal Khashoggi. And, right. Oh, and the guilt trip that Monaghan put on the PGA player is going to live. I mean, no one sits here and says, wow, the Saudi you know, uh, public investment fund, what, what, what a great situation. It's, it's just kind of, and I'll, I'll quote from Rory McIlroy this morning on this, okay, because he, he did speak, and, and he's kind of been, he, he's been put out there more than anyone else by the PGA Tour to carry the water for mm-hmm. everything that happened last year. And his two quotes are, it's hard for me to not sit up here and feel somewhat like a sacrificial lamb. And when discussing Saudi money, I've come to terms with it. I've resigned myself to this is what's going to happen. It's very hard to keep up with people who have more money than anyone else. Right. So I, I clearly, like, I don't think this is a successful sports washing. This is, hey, the Saudis have a stake in the PGA Tour, but... Now everyone associated with it is having to answer for all of the crap associated with the Saudi regime. So it's certainly not successful from the PGA Tours perspective, from a PR perspective. You could argue financially, it probably is because you now have a partner that has almost unlimited funds within your ownership structure. PR-wise, I agree, total failure. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is the, P- the PR-wise, it's if a- you're talking about sports washing and, and, hey, does this make the regime look better? Made him look worse. More people know it, about this stuff now than it, did before. It doesn't now. You wonder though, what was their goal of all this? The Saudi Arabia Fund is to get a seat at the table. They they did get their seat, and maybe as the years go on and this story fades into the background, they create whatever world tour that they're going to have. Ultimately, they've accomplished their goal of assimilating into the Western Golf League, and maybe they are a seat at the table, but not as prevalent as they've been in the headlines now. I, I do agree. From a PR perspective, it's been a disaster on both sides. Now, the, the players who stayed with the PGA through all this, if I were them, livid. So you told me for the last year and a half that there's no amnesty, that loyalty mattered over money, that all this stuff was important. But but that was just for us? Yep. Oof. I mean, these guys turned down hundreds, hundreds of, of millions, millions of dollars. Of, I think Rory was offered 500 mil. Now, look, this, this is a, a business decision. And, and ultimately, all these players, when they see the additional zeros coming their way, they'll be fine enough with it. They'll, they'll be like Rory. They'll say, okay, I might not like this, but this is the lay of the land now, and I, and I got to deal with this. This is not going to stay in golf. What is not? This move Sa- that Saudi just made, Saudi Arabia just the made. The Saudi Public Investment Fund, it is coming for the NBA, for oh. the NHL, mm-hmm. for Major League Baseball, and for the big one in, in the U.S., the NFL. Oh, boy. And it so- may be that, hey, we'll try to take the approach that we took with Newcastle United over in the uh, English Premier League, and hey, we'll buy a team. It could also be, hey, we're going to set up a competing league and we've got the money to do this in a way that no one else has. And you're going to have to buy us out and give us that seat at the table. This is coming for all these leagues. and Baseball's pretty vulnerable, it feels me, like. To me, the most vulnerable would be tennis because you have the structure of independent yeah, but contracts. No one, but no one cares. Yeah, no one cares about tennis. Worldwide. Shut up, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't care. But 
But the NFL and NBA, they have contractual structures in place that would have to be undone in order to facilitate this versus the golf or tennis structure where it's just independent contractors. I'm just saying it's easier to do it in those two sports. And so it very well may be that, hey, rather than building a competing league, maybe just buy the next team that's up for sale. Right. Oh, great. Josh Harris is going to spend $6 billion. Fine. We'll pay twelve. Yeah. With the NBA expanding with two new uh, franchises in the next couple of years, you wonder if they would fall victim to the same trap here that money trumps all. The other piece on this uh, that I just want to touch on, this is from uh, Sally Jenkins in the Washington Post, who Sally always just gets right to the, the crux of this stuff. I'm going to read from her here. Somewhere along this very muddy line, the PGA Tour found itself advised by the New York law firm Wachtell, Lipton, Rosen, and Katz, which is interesting because who is a partner and co-chair of that firm? Hurley, who's also on the PGA Tour board of directors. What sort of work does the firm mainly do? Multi-billion dollar mergers and acquisitions. It's also known for its uniquely profitable billing system. It doesn't just hit clients with billable hours, but also large flat fees and percentages of deals. What did Hurley's firm advise the PGA Tour to do? Merge. And who was one of the firm's three lawyers representing the PGA Tour while also sitting as the chair of its policy board? Hurley. Hurley was, quote, key to the development and implementation of this agreement, according to a PGA Tour spokesperson. Exactly what cut or fee do Hurley and his form stand to make from this deal? After being told Hurley would call me Tuesday, I'm still waiting for my chance to ask him. So what will his compensation be for sitting on the very small executive committee of the new board of directors of this new for-profit global golf entity alongside everyone else? Unknown. <laughs> Where I come to on this is... I don't... I, I get that this is a business deal and it's about the money. I don't really like that it's this money. Oh, yeah. But unfortunately, I think this is, as I said, coming for other parts of the U.S. sports ecosystem. And, and look, I watch the World Cup. Mm-hmm. I watch the Olympics. I watch the NCAA. All of those organizations have their own flaws, problems mm-hmm. from a moral and ethical perspective. Some large, some small, but all of them have their issues. I, I don't know that... I necessarily say, hey, I can't watch this. I mean, like, I'm not going to put myself up here as a paragon of virtue and say, oh, I'm never going to watch this. I I might. I I don't know the right way to deal with all this. And it's going to be it's going to be something we're all going to have to reckon with more and more as we go forward. The Financial Exchange is live on Facebook, so make sure to like our page and watch the guys break down the latest on the markets every day beginning at 10 on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli. I guess. Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
For your chance to win our daily trivia contest, text us at 617-362-1385 and use keyword Encore. Complete rules are available at FinancialExchangeShow.com. This is the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Just a little bit of other uh, breaking sports business news, and it's being reported by a number of places that uh, Lionel Messi, who uh, won the World Cup with Argentina last year, in Qatar, also another country with a horrible human rights record and a long list of people who died building those stadiums uh, in very sad fashion. Uh, But Leo Messi is reportedly on the verge of signing a deal to move to Inter-Miami of MLS. This, as the Saudis were pushing to bring him over, uh, much like you've seen from another uh, number of other European uh, aging soccer stars. So, this would be uh, very interesting given the context of everything going on with Live Golf right now and all these other uh, moves from the Saudis. If Messi says, nope, I'm going to MLS, uh, a lot of chatter that it may include a share of the Apple TV streaming revenue that comes uh, as a result of his going over there. Because Messi, while he is 35, he's still... Top really, notch. Really good. Yep. Top notch. So this is this is not David Beckham coming over at the end of his career when there was nothing left in the tank. Leo Messi's still a world-class player, just you know, for how much longer I do think is a, a question. Let's talk about housing. There's a piece in, uh, the, uh, in the Bloomberg. <laughs> the housing market is tilting in favor of renters. You've got this multifamily building uh, boom that's been going on the last couple of years. And so... If someone is a would-be home buyer, they may find that for the next year or two, they actually can get a better deal renting with all that new inventory as opposed to trying to buy a place. This, Chuck, varies by what market you're in. But Very much. <laughs> because I know the vacancy in the Boston area was somewhere around a half percent or Easy something weensy. like that uh, for this upcoming season. But specifically looking at Nashville, Charlotte, and Austin, they are set to see a 15% increase in apartment inventory to what due to what you're mentioning, just the surge of multifamily building in those areas. And it just seems like there's been a huge migration of people to those cities. And as a result, that's why you see the construction that goes along with it. The point of this piece is that we all have know how difficult the housing market has been. The inventory levels continue to just run at these really bleak numbers in terms of existing home sale listings out there and, uh, and new home sale listings as well. What we've seen from an apartment standpoint is the national vacancy rate, according to apartment list, is around 7% for apartments that comes off the trough of about 4% in October of 2021. So getting to a point where perhaps you can get a better deal on an apartment versus battling it out to borrow at 6 or 7% and compete with people to bid for homes out there. The United States Virgin Islands are America's Caribbean paradise. You can visit St. Croix, St. Thomas, or St. John, and when you arrive, you'll fall naturally in rhythm with the heartbeat of the islands. Visit all three and enjoy rich history, incredible luxury, and beautiful landscapes in one complete vacation. Each island will offer you something different. From the colonial heritage and world-class cuisine of St. Croix to the incredible beaches and spectacular resorts of St. Thomas, to the picturesque views in relaxing atmosphere of St. John, the U.S. the U.S. Virgin Islands is America's Caribbean paradise. So if you're ready for a romantic getaway or a fantastic family vacation, 
Head to visitusvi.com and book your trip today. Travel from New England could not be easier with no money to exchange, no passport required, and no travel restrictions to enter. Learn more about America's Caribbean paradise at visitusvi.com. That's visitusvi.com. Paul, what do you know about the fire movement? Uh, Billy McIntyre was that the name? Billy McFarland is going to get the uh, new Firefest going. Uh, oh yeah, the fi- I haven't heard that name in a couple of years. <laughs> I almost butchered. It. I did butcher it the first time through. Uh, he's trying to get a new party to get together. No, this fire movement. Is he in jail? He's no, out. He's out. Yeah. He's, out. he's actually got another scam going. Yeah, which just I one. Forget the one. details of it, but it's some sort of consulting fee that he's charging to I don't know generate social media traction or something like that. It's all very vague and seems uh, very conny again. Do yeah. I have that right? Apparently, very conny. <laughs> he has secured funding apparently for uh, Firefest 2.0. What do you get? Three dollars? <laughs> this I mean, is it, reported back if, in if May. Last, so with Firefest one, he was able to get. It was Ja Rule, right? Yes, Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Yeah. yeah. Who, who's he going to get as the the artist to kind of back it this time? I mean, you got to go a step down from there. Chingy. Oh, I haven't wow. heard him in a while. That's just, I, I think that time. What up was the name of his time. one song? Uh, oh, ball. Wow. Uh, bounce. No, I don't know. Right there. There you go. There you go. <laughs> or what about uh, you? Remember Chameleon Air? Of course, Ryan Dirty. Yep. That's that's who I would grab if I were uh, in a millionaire. I got to get back to the fire movement that people actually might care about a little bit more than our uh, 2000s rap references. This is the Financial Independence Retire Early initiative in which people are looking to become financially independent and just that, retire earlier. The problem with it is there's a lot of naivete regarding early retirement. Those who often want to retire earliest are typically, in this case, Gen Z, people who have just entered the workforce from their college days. They're probably reminiscing that uh, it would be much better to be in school than actually working, so they're wanting to retire early. The problem is 37% of them, according to a survey, have not saved yet for retirement, which is problematic. So it is and it isn't, and, and here's why I say that. The first thing is everyone's first couple of years actually out working. You're kind of like, this sucks. Yeah, it's an, it, it's is, an adjustment. Is, is this all there is? It's an adjustment. Everyone goes through that in their early 20s. Oh, you know, I, I don't like this. I don't like that. I mean, we, we all do. I, I certainly did the first couple of years I was working. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was sitting there. I'm going, gee, maybe uh, I don't, I don't want to be doing this forever. Like, that's, that's what everyone goes through. So I, I don't think that's unique to this demographic again i always like to point out that the baby boomers who are very critical of young people right now the baby boomers were the hippies Mm -hmm. all right no one looked at the hippies in 1969 and said they're grinders man those those people just (laughs) grind it out and show up every day no one said that about that generation then and they figured it out Mm -hmm. the second piece on this is that when it comes to oh gen z's bad at saving for retirement likewise Everyone is in their 20s. Mm-hmm. No, you can't point to any generation in the last 80 years. The only one you could maybe point to is the greatest generation. And then you've got, again, you're going back 100 years now, basically. But the, the last 80 years are basically littered with people who didn't really save much in their 20s. And one of their major financial regrets is always, oh, I wish I had saved more in my 20s. Yeah. But you didn't. <laughs> 
To further add on your point regarding people starting work early, where you're typically starting is that first job out of college. We know I worked in a call center. You're starting at a low salary. It's a job that probably isn't the most entertaining in the world. So to your point of paralegal, quit after two days. Right. So to your point, they're taking on positions that aren't going to be their career focus. Oftentimes what will happen is you get into your career, you put a lot of time and effort into it, and you become engaged and enjoy the work that you do. And this idea of retiring early I agree. When I started working, it was, I'm going to be out by 55. You know, I'm not going to stand working, but then you continue to work and get better in your field and you actually enjoy the work. So even to if, further add on to your point, it, it just doesn't really happen that way. Even if you don't enjoy the work, mm-hmm. that's what they pay you for. They, no one, you don't get paid for liking what you do. I know there's this idea that, oh, you got to chase your passion and this and that. And, and look, for some people it works, but the reason they pay you the money is because there's something else you'd rather be doing. Mm-hmm. It's uh, John Hamm told us that in Mad Men. Like that's what the money's for. Yeah. So I, I don't believe that everyone needs to you know love what they do. I do think you need to take some pride in it. You need to be good at it, and you need to you know bring it every day. I think those are you know important things. But oftentimes it's hey once you get into your thirties, gee I, I got kids. Hey I. I need a job because I got a family to feed. Definitely know that. And I might not like every little bit of it, but you show up because you got to put bread on the table. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back, Stack Roulette. This is your home for the most comprehensive coverage of the economy and the trends on Wall Street. This is the Financial Exchange Radio Network. Protecting your assets is paramount to being able to enjoy your retirement years. Creating a trust is oftentimes the first step in the estate planning process. It helps you prepare for the unknown, as well as the inevitable. Revocable and irrevocable trusts are the most common types of trusts, but there are significant differences between the two. So before you make that crucial decision, call Cushing & Dolan at 866-848-5699. Ask for their new guide called The Differences Between Revocable and Irrevocable Trusts. Let them help you understand which may be right for you and your family and protect the wealth that you've achieved throughout your working years. Call right now, 866-848-5699, and get your free guide today. Give yourself the peace of mind you need as you build your estate plan. Again, that number, 866-848-5699, or request the guide online from their website, LegalExchangeShow.com. The proceeding was paid for and the views expressed are solely those of Cushing and Dolan. Cushing and Dolan and or Armstrong Advisory may contact you offering legal or investment services. Cushing and Armstrong do not endorse each other and are not affiliated. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Watch the show every day on Twitch TV, Facebook, and our website, FinancialExchangeShow.com. We're breaking down the biggest business stories of the day only on the Financial Exchange Radio Network. The Financial Exchange is proudly partnered with VA New England. If you or a loved one serve this country, get the health benefits you earned and deserve. Call 844-VA-CARES. That's 844-VA-CARES. Paul, what do you got for me for the roulette that is the stack? 
$5 Footlongs are up for sale. No, $5 the company footlongs. behind $5 Footlongs is up for sale, I should say. Yeah. S- Subway, which has more U.S. locations than McDonald's, which yes. continues to always blow me away when I hear that statistic. They will not be going into the public markets through an IPO or any kind of other strategic tie-up. They'll be looking for a leverage buyout. And there's rumors that the valuation could be somewhere in or around $10 billion. It's been a very quiet probably going on two years now, uh, deals and acquisitions market. And the most recent acquisition was Arby's Inspire Brands purchasing Dunkin' Donuts for $8.8 billion. It'll be interesting to see what Subway is able to get in terms of a, a buyout deal. They were just humming on all cylinders, probably in, what would that be, the 2010s to 2020s range? Subway? Yes. I thought they were at their peak, you know, right around the turn of the millennium. The amount of locations that they expanded to that last decade, here nor there, they certainly, we can both agree, fell on their face over the last five years plus. So they're just looking to exit. They poured a ton of money into uh, marketing over the past year to and really a half. To really revamp their well, they, products. Like huge celebrities. They, they had to do a little bit of damage control after the whole Jared oh, Well, that thing. was a big issue. Yeah, yep. so that minor was, issue. That was kind of a problem. Uh, but and then there was the tuna scandal. Oh yeah, as well. that wasn't a scandal. <laughs> Made the rounds. Tuna gate. The one that they did have. Do you remember that uh, they had the uh, the yoga mat material that was found oh. in their bread? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're eating yoga mats. What? It's a whole new business for Lululemon. You can just you know a little cross promotion or something like that, and boom, there you go. But uh, I haven't been to a subway in probably five or six years. It's been longer for me. I, I have been because on the way to a golf tournament I go to in Connecticut on the Merritt Parkway, I need to get something to eat before it kicks off, and I've been w- once each year right before the tournament. Does Subway do anything for breakfast? I think they made that push, and they failed. Um, so many. The uh, idea of a breakfast sub is a little bit gross. Yeah. It's just too much... Bacon, egg, and cheese. They have their breakfast in Aruba. I went to a subway in India once. I went in Paris. It's it wild. Really, I really got beaten up for doing that. It's Well, this was a, an airport in India. Not physically. But. And obviously in India, what you can and can't eat is very different from the U.S., both in terms of what you should eat because you might get sick, but also the culture. The, the, there's, there's no cow there. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's... The it was a very different. You did not what? find the Italian BMT on the menu in the Indian subway. I keep like searching subway menu, which is a very basic command, and it keeps giving me like foreign countries. Like, why well, do you care about New Zealand? Why don't you type subway menu United States? Well, I shouldn't, he shouldn't have need to. to do that. If I they have more U.S. locations menu. than McDonald's, he shouldn't need to it do that. Probably would just return subs if you asked. You know, it would just say subs. I mean, we got subs. Just trying to find out if you guys have breakfast in these states. It's not hard. Why don't you you Google Subway U.S. breakfast? Wow, this is a horrible website. The Subway one? Yeah. Okay, it says Subway breakfast. Okay, so they do have breakfast. What do they have? Now it's bringing me to a map. All I want to see is a menu, guys. It's probably based on the specific location. I know. We can agree that the $5 foot-long jingle was... Very good. It sticks with you forever. It's yes. kind of like it's Cars for Kids. now rattling around my head after you yeah. said Cars for Kids. Is no, it's, yeah. it's right up there with that one. Things that I don't really go to, but I can't get the song out of my head. 
Uh, return of student loan payments will stretch household budgets. So as part of the debt ceiling deal, you did have a an end to the moratorium on student loan payments. It's now written into law, so it, it has to. This is not something that can be extended anymore at this point. So at the end of August, that will be sunsetting. This is one of the reasons why I do believe that you have some potential for a recession later this year is, hey, I, I'm not saying I want student loans to be on a moratorium forever, but what I am saying is that if people have to pay those, that's money that is sucked out of other spending elsewhere, and as such, it's going to create a little bit of fiscal drag there. So I think that when you look at this, again, I'm not saying this is a bad idea. If you have student loans outstanding that you haven't had to pay on for three years, at some point, the COVID emergency's got to be over and you got to start paying those again. But it also is going to contribute a little bit to some drag and could be one of the things that adds up to a potential recession in Q3 or Q4 this year. I, I wonder the impact of it. I don't have the, the numbers right handy in just terms of how many borrowers we're looking at and what the, the debt would really look like and how much that could trickle down to the economy. But I certainly understand the, the logic behind it. Um, the estimates I've seen are anywhere from like 10 to 30 basis points of GDP drag. So okay. again, it's, it's, it's not saying this would throw you into recession. And I'm not saying that would even be a reason to not do this. Mm -hmm. But just, hey, if people are spending you know an average of 400 bucks a month, on this, that's 400 a month they can't spend elsewhere, and that could create a little bit of drag on the economy that could slow it. You really hope that they would be have been attacking the payments when there was no interest accruing, particularly where interest rates are. I bet today. some people have, but I, I would also... I've advised people who I've run into, I said, just don't think of it as a free ride. Take into account that you're not accruing interest. Start paying down some of that principal that's sitting there. But Can we talk Bumple? Sure. Buy now, pay later, also known as Bumple. Oh, I thought uh, the, it was Bumble for a second. No, these are all of the uh, things that popped up. Your Affirm, your Afterpay, your Klarna's of the world. Not credit cards, but still allowing you to borrow in a similar fashion and pay it back over time. And what we are seeing is that companies that are... You're, you're basically seeing that these spending patterns aren't sustainable. Yes, they're not credit cards, but... There gets to be a point where just like credit cards, the interest payments or the, the total sum of payments that you're trying to make becomes too big and it just can't last. Mm. We might be getting there on some of these. Yeah, I think that we brought this up. This concept of buy now, pay layer, layaway, credit cards, it's not a unique idea. The, they got these ridiculous valuations during the pandemic, sort of post-pandemic era. But there will be numerous defaults you'd imagine in this space. It just financially would be very difficult business to na navigate, I would imagine, from a 30,000-foot view, not knowing the intricacies of every business. But wouldn't be too optimistic on some of those names there. Taking a look at markets, still mixed. The Dow is up 16 points, but the S&P is down 10. NASDAQ down 84. The 10-year Treasury is still pushing up higher yields at 378 right now. We are done for the day. But we'll be back tomorrow on the Financial Exchange, so make sure you tune in then.